I'm not professor, I'm doctor. I know the <laughs> I would be professor in Japanese university, but I know the, the big difference between the British university and the Japanese university. Uh, today, I would like to talk about the, this uh, project uh, founded by the Japanese government um, last three years. We finished last March and still ongoing. Uh, about the uh, balancing childcare, elderly care, and work. Uh, we call it double responsibility of care. Uh, this, um, my talk today will be focused on the Japanese situation, but including some comparison with other East Asian uh, societies uh, regarding the double responsibility of care. Uh, from the, the international collaborative project that um, I have been leading with other researchers in East Asia. Uh, also in the first part, I will sort of give you the overview of the project and then some of the findings and concluding comments. In the second part, I would like to share my reflection on the impact this project making in Japan. I, was, I had a Fortunately, had a study leave, and then I was in Japan last six months. I just came back to Bristol uh, last month. And it has been quite interesting to uh, see which kind of impact our project had. And so I will introduce you that, and then I would like to give some thought about why this project had impact in Japan. Uh, so what is the responsibility of care? Um, in a narrow definition, uh, we define situations in which women or men have to simultaneously provide elderly care and child care. So double care between elderly care and then child care. In a broader definition, maybe doesn't need to be child care and elderly care. Might, might be multiple caring relationships in the intimate or family relationships can be triple care. You need to take care of partner, child, and then the the parents, or you need to take care of uh, the children, adult grown-up children with disabilities, and then parents, or you might need to have other type siblings and then husband. Uh, so there are lots of you know multiple caring relationships in the intimate family relationships. But what we focus is the the people, the particularly women, who provide childcare to the under six years old. So the intensive child care and then elderly care. So maybe in this seminar, I don't need to talk much about how the you know, Japanese aging situations and so on, but just to briefly introduce, these are the key uh, basic, uh, but key figures to uh, share. So the trend towards the later marriage has resulted in a higher age of first uh, childbirth and a smaller number of siblings and the relative network size. Uh, so the now nearly 30 years old and first birth is 30 <coughs> years old means that you tend to have a second, third child, child in the late 30s or early 40s. And, um, the aging society is reaching to 25.1%. So that given this trend with aging society, it is expected that an increasing number of households will become double care burden households that must provide elderly care and then child care at the same time. And what we need to consider as well in the, in the context of Japan is last two decades, the expansion of elderly and child care happened quite historically almost. 
So the, the, these people who provide child care and elderly care, relying partly to some, some degree on existing long-term care and then child care services. Um, I will talk about this policy context a bit more uh, with detail uh, later. But so the, I said the, the, you know, the, these, the double responsibility of care uh, can be considered as a very significant emerging risk for the people in Japan and the people in other advanced economies. But issues of double responsibility of care is uh, under-researched, and then we don't know so much about uh, this uh, group of population. Possibly like social care theory, work-life balance, or the new social risks, they all talk about this, the, the demand for increase uh, of child care and elderly care, or sociology of family and family policy, focus on the intergenerational relationship, but they don't talk so much about the, the uh, double responsibility of care. Sandwich generation and intergenerational relations are the, the kind of literature, particularly in the Europe and the States, talks about this kind of caring relationships. They focus on the maybe the demographical understanding of how many percentage of the population actually in the sandwich generation, and then among them, how, mu how much population, the, how big the population is actually doing work-life balance with uh, the responsibility of care or they, they to analyze the process of becoming who become a double carer and life-work balance and well-being and then health of those women who not only doing the, the providing elderly care, but also child care. Um, but I will talk this point again. But in European literature, the sandwich generation, quite lots of the articles said it's not significant. And then the, the uh, the priority to make whether they're going to prioritize for the elderly care or child care hasn't been the difficult issue in the European society because there is a more sort of priorities as a sort of social consensus to child care than elderly care. So, but in East Asia, there is a much stronger tension between which to prioritize among women, whether the elderly care or child care, and that bringing a bit more serious sort of social problem in a sense in East Asia. But also in the Europe literature, European and American literature, as well as East Asian literature, people talk about the you know little available data exists regarding actually to capture the who are these populations. There is one article I have recently read talking about Norwegian uh, sandwich generation, and the article concludes could it would be four to five percent actually providing elderly care and child care with work, and four or five percent of the population might be very minor, but maybe not. So how you think about this four or five percent of population is the, the key. I will show you the our data, how much population in Japan as considered as the uh, double carer we call um, as well later. So that this double responsibility of care project started as the, the having a three main aims. To, the first was to examine the experience of women facing the double responsibility of care and to identify future risks to women, family, communities, and social policy in Japan and other East Asian societies, and to contribute to the development of sociological and social policy understanding of care and intergenerational relationships. 
the project is ongoing, as I said, and have developed into a different sub-project and grassroots level activities. So I will um, talk about and then the change of the shift as well. So I said this is an international comparative project. So we have been working uh, with the, the Discara from Hong Kong and South Korea and then Taiwan. Uh, the PR is the Japanese Kara, uh, Professor Soma in the Yokohama National University. And so hope to show you some comparison in East Asian countries as well. So to make it to the sort of bit of diagram, so what I'm looking at, what we have been looking at, uh, this person. So the second baby boomers, uh, women in late 30s and early 40s who provide elderly care and then child care. We particularly focus on the child care, as I said, under, uh, to the children uh, under age of six. Of course, the here is also sandwich generation who provide care to the elderly and also provide child care for the grandchildren. And in the British sort of the literature, sandwich generation focus more on here. And then the, the, the discussion is about the loss of pension because the, these grandparents tend to um, stop working for grand uh, parenting. But the reason we focused on the, the second baby boomers in Japan, we thought um, not ignoring first baby boomers, but the tension between elderly care and child care may be different. If the child is own, your own child aged six years and then under, this, the, the balance between the elderly care and the child care can be more sort of um, uh, with a stronger tension. Um, and also, the, this is, can be the, the, not the, the area of study the European literature ha, ha, has uh, not looked at so much. Also, these first baby boomers and the second baby boomers generation uh, in, in relation to care, they have quite a different uh, social and then social policy context behind. Because the, the, the in 2000, from 1990s, the expansion of public care provision happened in Japan. Changes in the family relationship and household structure is ongoing. And also the transformation of labor market happened from the 80s. So the, the current sort of second baby boomer generation providing care in a quite different context from the, the first baby boomer's generation in Japan. Just to sort of give you the really almost violent <laughs> the, the summary of the, the development of care policy and the practice in Japan, the, the Elderly care, the introduction, if you don't know, the introduction of the Long-Term Care Insurance Act happened in 2000, and the relatively generous coverage, 17.46% of over 65 are eligible to receive publicly funded services, providing comprehensive institutional and home-based services, and uh, uh, quite stronger the state's financial commitment than other EA societies the Japanese government made with this act. Child care, the, the, the regulation of child care providers and the mechanism of cause and market have been promoted since 1990s, resulted in the expansion of for-profit organization in terms of care provision. The problem of care deficit, holiday nursery and short-term nursery has been a serious issue, especially in the urban area in Japan while in the local area, kindergartens do not meet children's quota. 
So did it more formal expansion of care happened in elderly care? Which at this point I will come back again. Just to give you a bit more sense of how much expansion of elderly <coughs> care that Japan had, this is the OECD data. People aged 65 and over living in institutions and all and receiving formal care at home as a share of people aged 65 and then over, 2000 and 2006 in com comparison. This is good because Japanese long-term care insurance act in introduced in 2000. If you look at it, uh, Japan is here, and the UK is here. So in the 2000, after 2000, before 2000, Japan was way below the UK. But in the six years' time, uh, the so the 2000, even the Japan was below the UK. But in six years, the the percentage of people who receive publicly funded care increased. And uh, now more increased, this is two, the, 10 years ago. And as you can see, the people at home, not in the institution in Japan, which is the, the kind of the direction all the European Union uh, countries taking. Uh, this is another one I want to show you, that uh, the population aged 65 years and then over receiving long-term care in 2011, again, sorry, doesn't have a source, but this is OECD data. Um, the long, the receiving long-term uh, care, the percentage, if you look at, the Japan is over the OECD. And uh, so it's getting closer than to the, the, the Scandinavian countries. And another interesting data here is the, the how the introduction of long-term care impacted on the, the family relationship uh, in, in relation to care and then women's role in elderly care in Japan. This data shows who is the main carer for those who uh, required care in 1998. Um, sorry, the, some bit uh, bit difficult to see. Um, so just before 1998, so just before the introduction of Long-Term Care Insurance Act, as you can see, 86.1% uh, of the uh, informal carer lived together, so in the same household, and the, the, the biggest proportion is child spouse, daughter-in-law, and then spouse, and then children. Um, and 85% are wow, women. This is 2007, so 10 years later. And in this 10 years, the, the introduction of the Long-Term Care Insurance Act. And uh, uh, the, this is a similar sort of data. And the majority of informal care shifted from daughters-in-law to own child and spouses. And then as you can see, professional care is the Come in as a main carer, 12% in just 10 years. And this is again 2007. I haven't checked the 2015, but the, the, my assumption is the, I haven't seen the data yet, but my assumption is the, the, the worker, the professional carers, the, the proportion of them has been increasing. Um, so the, the, uh, so the provision of public care services have become even more generous than UK, and um, and then that's changing the the 
sort of the family intimate relationship in relation to care. And if we think about, if you are familiar with this familiarization and defamiliarization effect of social policy, and defamiliarization is the, the, the concept uh, firstly developed by Lister, 1994, it refers to defined as the, the degree to which individuals can uphold a socially acceptable standard of living independently of family relationship, either through paid work or social security provision or welfare provision. Uh, ten years later, Leitner uh, talked about the variety of familiarism existing in Europe. And 2010, there is an interesting study about the three patterns along familiarism, defamiliarism continuum in, when thinking about caring relationship. So Saraceno Sara and Keck uh, talks about these three types, familiarism by default, so unsupported familiarism, and supported familiarism and defamiliarization. Unsupported familiarism is there neither policy provided alternatives to or the finance, financial support for family care, so that it's more slowly family <coughs> care unless the family buy uh, the service from the market. Supported familiarism is supporting family members in, in most cases, specific family members in keeping up their financial and then caring responsibilities, usually through financial transfers, so taxations and then paid leaves like maternity leaves and so on. Defamiliarization is an individualization of social rights, so that receiving care, uh, income provisions and pension reduce family responsibilities and dependencies. So the pension is considered as the defamiliarization effect because the, all, all the people can buy the service with pension. Also, the, the public provision of care services is a part of defamiliarization so the elderly care people can receive the service outside of the family relationship. So if we go back to what's happened in the last 20 years in Japan, is the, this is a very simple diagram, but I'm just showing that the direction of care policies in Japan is the, the elderly care, child care was based on familiarism by default, unsupported familiarism. Family is the main, family is the main provider of welfare for the elderly and the children. The elderly care moved to defamiliarization effect quite in a big way. Um, it's a, the Long-Term Care Insurance Act it has a lot of serious problems, but as a sort of principal, very, very has an aim for defamiliarizing the, the effect. And child care didn't move to defamiliarization, but moving towards supported familiarism. So more um, um, child care services and uh, supported leaves. Sorry, I will come back to this point after sh after uh, showing you the result and then the doing uh, the giving you some discussion point about the our project. But this is the sort of macro, simple but macro point of view about the care and social policy um, in Japan. So back to our project, uh, we used mixed method approach. So we did the quantitative approach in three stages, and we collected 1894 cases with the questionnaire survey. 
I will talk more, but after our own research, lots of people said we they want to use our questionnaire and then do our, their research. So now collecting further in the last year and then this year, 3,375 cases based on the same questionnaire we used. And the first stage was a questionnaire survey at three child care support centers in Yokohama in 2012. The second, we used the mobile survey to reach to more mothers with younger children in Yokohama, but also the countryside and not the mega cities like Shizuoka, Kyoto, Kagawa, Fukuoka uh, in late 2012 and then 2013. Third stage was the questionnaire survey again in Yokohama and Kyoto, but uh, aiming to reach to the mothers, working mothers, so the after school club and the nurseries. And we did at the same time qualitative approach, semi-structured interviews with 49 uh, mothers and carers, which is ongoing, and a certain focus group, which happened as a sort of peer support group as discussing the double care um, situations. In comparative, so quantitative survey also happened using exactly the same questionnaire in Korea and Taiwan and Hong Kong. Hong Kong and Taiwan, we sort of filtered and then uh, just uh, did a questionnaire with the mothers we know already have the, uh, the children with under six plus taking care of elderly parents. Qualitative in-depth interview also, uh, we did the with same um, interview guide and then 20, 30 samples in each country, total of 109 cases. Uh, as you may know, this is not random sampling, this is the, the purpose of sampling so that we just reach to the people who can actually have the questionnaire and so on. So the, the data itself is not, the we cannot generalize, it's not representative of the, the population, but it still shows that the trends, what's happening. So this is the first one, sorry, the, I made a PowerPoint in Mac, so the, it's a bit of, um, not showing well, but uh, you can see mostly. The point is that uh, who percentage, proportion of people who think themselves in a situation of double responsibility of care. So the blue is currently experiencing, oranges have experienced in past, and then greys will experience in the near future, so they, they can expect, so they, uh, they will be in the situation. Around 10% reporting being currently uh, experiencing and around sort of 10% is um, have experienced and then further 20 to 30 because of the different stage. I'm not gonna go into detail, but the, the percentage looks quite different. But the, uh, the nearly 17 to, to 20% of the, the uh, mothers said that they have experienced or they experienced in a, uh, they are experiencing double responsibility of care. If you look at the second and the third, uh, third stage, it's around nine, seven to ten percent saying they are doing double responsibility of care, which is supported by the another survey that Sony Life Insurance Company did with random sampling in across Japan. It was a percentage. It, it was seven to seven point nine percent said they are in the double care situation. So the, our, the, the sample was not too away from the, the uh, result of the random sampling. 
uh, looking at the quantitative survey result more, the employmental status is, it's, as you can see, about 40% currently experience double care in the labor market as well. And then 60% is the, uh, in the employment. So it's not only double care and then care and work, uh, life, care and then work balance is an issue for them too. This is asking uh, what they felt uh, about and about doing double, providing double care, responsibility of care. So it shows the, the, uh, the graph shows the factors identify the respondent as contributing to the sense of burden. Uh, it's multiple and psychological, physical, but also in, we thought interesting is the this sense of can't adequately care for the parents or can't adequately care for our children. So the, the, the stress they have, it comes from that they're not doing well, they're not providing enough in elderly care or in the children. And also the financial burdens and uh, observed. This is, I'm bringing in a bit of in the East Asian comparison. So the, the, when we ask the same question, uh, higher burden we can find in Korea and in Japan, and much lower in Taiwan and in Hong Kong. And why is it? And I try not to say when I need to talk in Japan this, but I think it's obviously the Taiwan and the Hong Kong, uh, middle class, upper middle class, they have the, the living uh, maid, our living carer, au pair, uh, they do sort of, as a familyism, part of familyism, they buy the, the, this family care and have someone in the household to provide that care for family member. And Japan and Korea don't. So maybe, the, the, this is just speculation, so I don't have any evidence, but that, that might explain the clear difference between Korea and Japan and Taiwan and Hong Kong. But I will talk about the difference in Korea and in Japan too later. So the who supported double care providers? Sorry, I know double care is not a perfect English, but this is what we talk started to say in in Japan. But double burden of care or double responsibility of care. So as you can see, the professionals were involved, but the. 12% said no one available to help, so they were doing all the provision of care, even though the expansion of care policy happened in the uh, last two decades, they feel they are doing it by themselves. Um, husband is really interesting. The support from husband was the uh, understanding I'm providing care. So it's not really practical support they are getting from uh, the husband, and that was very different from Korea. Because the Korean husband, even the Confucian culture, if you like, they provide actually care for the elderly parents, but not Japanese husband. The difference is, this is an interesting point, I'll show you the data, because the, the, now the, the shift happened in Japan, the daughter providing care for their own parents. But in Korea, still daughter-in-law providing care for the elderly parents. So the Korean case, the husband are cooperating, providing elderly care because their their husband. But in Japan, because shift happened, so the daughter provide care, less sort of uh, they think legitimate to ask the husband help to provide care, and so the, the understanding their double care situation is the best support they can get from the husband. I will 
maybe introduce you some more concrete, what's, what is the situation in WK and why we try to understand what's happening is the, uh, for a couple of examples, different uh, geographical difference and then uh, 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 household difference and also the uh, different patterns of WK. So example of case YD, cohabitate full-time housewife, only child, and three children, seven, four, and one year old, 36 years old. Double care situation is mother is diabetes, almost blind, and wheelchair user. Husband is not around home much due to his occupation as firefighters. A week schedule is filled with double care activities. High burden and stress really exhausted. Financial burden is high as well. Uh, previous job is kindergarten, her previous job is kindergarten teacher, so, sorry, not YA, YD is dedicated to childcare, but she cannot do what she wants to do for children due to mother's case. So YD struggles to go out with mothers and two small children. She says she cannot push wheelchair and then buggy. So they kind of stuck in the household often the time. Uh, this is the, the, the story when we had an interview with her. And the situation changed now in three years later, we tend to have follow her. And now that she sort of agreed or she sort of persuaded herself to send her mother to daycare center, and then the children getting bigger as well. So it was, it's not like this now, but that when that we had an interview, she was in this situation. Another example is living in the same neighborhood, so 10 minutes walk to the parents' house. Full-time housewife, she quitted job when the second son was born, and one older sister, uh, six and two years old, and uh, of uh, two boys, six and two years old, 38, she's 38 years old when interview happened. Uh, supporting father's everyday life, who had a stroke, and then uh, I think half of his body doesn't move much, and mild dementia due to the, after the stroke. And she visits him, sorry, the typo, every day and helps him to go to daycare center twice a week. Mother is a main carer, but is still working. Her mother is very upset about his health situation. So YB listens to her complaint, and YB had good relationship with father and respects him quite a lot. So she goes to the, the parents' um, house after sending the first one to primary school with the second, uh, the two years old boy. So high burden and stress, wishing if she did not have the second son, because then she could take care of father better, and her life would be better and could have provided more care to her father. Tried to use short-term temporary nursery service, but was difficult. Feel sorry for the first son, as her involvement with father's care gave him some burden and stress. Cannot talk about caring father with friends, feeling isolated. Wanted to disappear when her first son was reluctant to go to school and required her intensive support, but her, she wanted to do more for her father uh, and also had to take care, take care of father as well. Another situation, living apart, she, K.A. lives in countryside and then two hours drive to father's house. She managed three part-time jobs and one brother. The children is nine, six, and three years old, and she's 37 years old. So double care situation is father had a stroke and physical disabilities and lost speech. He was recommended to be a nursing home, but uh, KAA respect, respects father's preference to live at home. When he came back home from hospital, KAA visited him twice a week, but now refrains 
herself from visiting him as Kay managed to organize daily care services and also cannot bear its financial cost. Particularly, she cannot bear the petrol cost. So she says that she, will, she wants to visit him more but cannot afford. She juggles three part-time jobs to support family, worried about what happens when her father needs more care. Last, uh, sorry, uh, last example. So example of case Y.E. living with parents, part-time job as carer, only child, single parent, eight, six, and four years old, uh, children, and then 30, she's 38 years old. The youngest child uh, has the, the cerebral palsy and requires full-time care. Other two children have developmental disorder, so the old children have some kind of disabilities. And then the last one it has a severe, severe, uh, severe disability. And the mother in her late 60s developed dementia, PICS disease, particular one, so it's get, like the, the quite violent and so on. So while his father was taking care of her at home, her mother at home, however, she started to reject uh, his help. So while he moved to her parents' house to take care of mother, and while his father help, uh, helps, sorry, while to take care of children. So while he explained the disabilities and the level of required care when she put required care for their children when she put her mother's name on the waiting list for a nursing home, However, while he was said that it will be difficult for her mother to have a place at nursing home, as her daughter, the mother's daughter herself, and then husband, her father, live with her. So even the, the, there is the, the maybe possible, you know, the, the uh, publicly founded care, but because they live together, they were said even the children has a disability, it's out of their sight. It doesn't matter because they are focusing on the elderly care. So the key factors for, these are the, the, the examples, and the key factors for understanding double responsibility of care uh, situation. There is a age and health of the parents and parents-in-law, but in Japan, the, the higher level of care need doesn't mean higher stress or burden, because if the, the elderly people have a higher level of need, then, then tend to be in the institution. So that they decrease the, the stress and then burden of the, the carers. Uh, relationship with parents and parents-in-law, which is quite interesting. Uh, uh, if you have a better relationship with parents, you feel more burden. Because the, the case of YB shows that they, you want to take care of parents, at the same time you're taking care of small children. So that people tend to have the more stress from the double burden of care. The relationship with husband, household finance condition, the utilization of different types of service, and living conditions and employment status. So all these sort of the key axes uh, the, the, to divide the pattern of care. So what's difficult about double, or what's making sort of problematic about the situation uh, people in uh, when they provide double responsibility of care? It's a need to simultaneously respond to different types of care needs from children and frail elderly. And they need to, every moment, make a priority, to make a priority between child care and elderly care. You, you're going to take care of children or you're going to take care of elderly. 
And then the, the priority, the decision is not made in individual sort of will and intention. It's a mixture of social norms on elderly care and child care. Resources available, whether the husband's help, relatives, friends' help, how the local community and institution of finance, financial resource, and also the policy configuration at the local level. Availability and accessibility of care services, the, the degree of familiarism and defamiliarism. So the, the, now we are doing, after all this, um, still doing analyzing data and so on, but I think that the direction for the academic inquiry in this project will be that what, which priority is it child care, elderly care, is supported by these social norms and resources and com com policy configuration, which, which priority the women has, but which priority she can take because of this sort of multiple uh, uh, context uh, she's embedded. And negotiations and tensions around the intergenerational and caring, caring relationship in a contemporary Japan. For example, what we heard is they, they, the, the women want to take care of children more, but the relatives and then the siblings says you need to take care of your parents. So you, the, the, she's taking, try to focus on the elderly care than uh, the child care. So she's all very frustrated to, to uh, with the childcare, or um, she wants to. Uh, another case was wants to take care of parents more, but there is a shortage of nursery service in the local community. That means she actually need to be with child, so she cannot take care of uh, elderly parents. So that combination of you know the resource and social norms and policy configuration pushes. The, these different women in a different locality to choose uh, to prioritize which care she should provide. So that, that's the inquiry we are um, trying to answer. So the concluding comment for the first part, so the double responsibility of care creates and multiples uh, the issues from providing both care. And in the European text as well, the literature, but particularly in Japan too, the child care and elderly care considered in a separate sort of stream. And then uh, in a sort of policy in institutions are very different, but in uh, academic literature, uh, even social care, either focus on child care or elderly care in the most studies. Um, when we talk about work-life balance, we tend to talk about child care and work, not the elderly care and work. But to con we need to consider child care and elderly care as a unit in social research and process to develop our understanding of care embedded in more in intergenerational relations and cross-household. Um, I'm not saying that, that family as a unit, but we need to focus on more caring relationship across intergenerational and cross-households to examine multiple women's roles in relation to welfare as mother, wife, employee, but also as well as daughter, and tensions and negotiations around women's responsibilities and then choices. So this is the current conclusion. So I want to show you, so this was a project we did from 2012 to 2015 by the, the subsidized by the, the government funding. Um, so from 2015, I was uh, in Japan from July to um, July 2015 to January 2016, and the quite sort of spin-off from this project happened in Japan. So the first two 
este, this is local to Yokohama. Now Yokohama City does crowdfunding, and then we because we asked Yokohama City to support our questionnaire survey, we start to develop relationship with Yokohama City. So Yokohama City said, can we make double care as a first case of crowdfunding? So we did crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is on the website. You say this is a project we want to do. Please donate for us. So not the city government, but the individual citizens can donate either from one pound to thousand pounds to the project. What we did is this double care support Yokohama. So we made uh, another organization and then the developing the handbook on for the people who are facing double responsibility of care or who are thinking they're gonna face double responsibility of care. Because when we are doing interviews, they said they didn't know where to go. Because where they go, the elderly care department, the local authority, they say they cannot deal with child care. They go child care section, they cannot deal with the elderly care. So the handbook needed, the, that was a voice, so that we, uh, did that and then at the same time we developed this double care supporter training program. So there is, a, as I said, it's so separated in Britain, to, in Britain less, but in Japan very separated elderly care professionals and child care professionals. So we uh, developed this support training system for care professionals, get together, learn about each other's field, and then learn the double care situation. So that was crowdfunding, and it was successful, so it should end by the July this year, but this ongoing. And then fourth was the web-based survey we did, so, and then the fifth, Sony Life insurance, insurance came to us, and then they, want, they said they want to do the questionnaire uh, survey, so we sort of cooperated and did another random sampling survey. And then six, now it's happening now, is the Kanagawa Workers Collective. So the, the NPO came to us who provide care, who does provide domiciliary care. And they want to do the same survey with carers because they think carers themselves in a double care situation, lots of them. So therefore they come into the caring sort of industry as well. So we're doing the same questionnaire. Then Yokohama City, uh, started to think this is the issue Yokohama City needs to tackle. So they developed this support for medium and small company organization to provide support service for double care with the Yokohama Bank. So they got a fund to support these NPOs or companies who want to start a business of supporting double care. And then the cabinet office came and they said this is the, the some politician, local politician in the Nagoya picked up this our project and then uh, made a question in the parliament. And the cabinet office decided as a part of flourishing women in the society, we need to face, uh, we need to tackle this issue. So they doing, I think they did, sorry, we have a meeting a couple of weeks time, the uh, survey, cross-national survey about the situation in, with double care, responsibility of care. We got funding now from Toyota to do the exchange with Korea about the double care uh, situation. So it's really going beyond our expectation that people came to us and then we want to do it. And I start to think why this is happening. I mean, before nobody interested in our research so much, but suddenly the people picking up um, what um, uh, 
we are doing and then the, try to talk, talk about double care uh, responsibility. So this is a photo from the, the <coughs> workshop sessions to make a double care handbook. So the, these women are in the double care situation, try to make an information book for people who need more information about double care. This is the, the, the uh, sort of monitoring session we did in uh, September to November, double care supporter training workshop. So the participant was professional at the children's center, after school clubs, our mean saying, the, our care managers and community organizers and the care workers. And we, we tried to publish the book out of this, um, textbook out of this course. And then the, the, at last, the social media came to us so much. And then doing the WK special issues, this was NHK, the breakfast news, and the other uh, news as well about double uh, responsibility of care. And the, we got so many covers in uh, newspapers from Asahi to Yomiuri to Sanke. It doesn't matter which the paper talking about double responsibility of care. So why the, <laughs> the question is, why have the responsibility care drawn such a public attention? And the, maybe the one reason, try to be left, reflective, is the, the, this is a cross-cutting theme that requires re-examination of the existing systems and structure of welfare services and welfare institutions. Looking back in Japan, like gender equality and was the, the issue that tried to get the, the lots of ministries and lots of different fields of social policy together. From around 2000, need support for young people was a topical issue that the, lots of people get together from poverty, public assistance to education and employment. And now it seems like double care is a hot issue to, for the people to get together cross sort of department and then talk about how they can tackle. And so that it's an opportunity to restructure or integration of the different policy arenas. And also the provoke the discussion in a city level and then also the national level, the thinking of responsibility shared by the government or the market and the family and the community. And the how much government can intervene in this situation is another topic has been discussed. But I didn't write and I'm not sure the, we, we can record this, but I think the another reason is that lots of politicians and lots of civil servants think that this is something they can tackle. That's not, not maybe difficult questions. They can need to re sort of organize the local resource and then repackage the, the services. So that, that I think the interest came uh, quite uh, uh, strong in the last 12 and then 14 months. So th this is my presentation. And I, I hope um, my presentation extended to the people who may not be interested in uh, care, but also about the contemporary Japanese society. Thank you very much.